Welcome to SB Pod with Stanford Steve. I am Scott Van Pelt. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Got a New Year straight ahead. Steve, how was Christmas morning in the house? We got there. We got there. We listened the night before. We got nice. the time. We got the time. We got some sleep. Right. Um and, and and it was magic. As you say. Oh, magic. It was the it was. Santa stopped by our place too. We were very excited about that. Red Santa paper. That's the thing in our I don't know if I've talked about that. That was my grandma's thing when I was little. This, the presents from Santa came in red Santa paper. And so uh, that's what we got. The the red Santa paper gifts are from Santa. And this will shock you, but I'm very specific about what kind of red Santa paper it has to be. <laughs> you can't see this, but he's rolling his eyes and shaking his head, looking down in disgust. I'm very particular about odd things. I want the Santa paper to be like not some bootleg bus stop paper. And I'm not talking about that. It doesn't have to be expensive either. That's not what I'm saying. It's just there's a certain it just it needs to look like it could be from Santa and not from 7-Eleven. So has there ever had to be a conversation with with the wife about mm, um, this isn't good enough Santa paper? No, because we have conversations beforehand as a as a group. See, this is organized for you youngsters out there. You take it from some old guys. It took a while to get there. You have conversations as a team. You make decisions as a team. That way, I don't go on like online and buy vintage paper that costs some outrageous amount per roll. And you realize you can only wrap one like Barbie dream house and the whole roll has gone. So we got some, we got good red Santa paper. That's a key thing. Red Santa paper in our house. Very important. Uh, we did a pretty good job. I was surprised that we normally go way over the top this year. Uh, I mean, it was, we were very, very fortunate and thankful Santa came by, but as a group, I was, I was pleased. We didn't go berserk. Lots good. of mag, lots of magnetiles. I don't know if those, oh. a lot of magnetiles. Yeah. The worst Which thing is- about the magnetiles is that they're stronger than the box they come in and that box just gets destroyed. So that's obviously its own bin. You're going to need. For the magnetiles, knowing you and, and the spouse, I'm guessing you guys are already buttoned up on uh, on the on the uh, the keeping of the magnetiles. I would just suggest that that that's not the worst thing about a magnetile. The worst thing about a magnetile is is in the hands of an assassin, they are a lethal weapon, and you could throw it like a what is it called a cherokee? Is that what it's called? The ninja sure. throwing stars, whatever you. whatever they're called, that's what they are. When either of the boys chucks them. All right. Um, hold on a second. Shuriken? Shuriken. Yeah. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but I think I got what it, whatever. Somebody get Rosilla one. He's 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 up on all weaponry and things of that nature. So anyway, good Christmas. Question. We're on to New- yeah, we're on to New Year. Yep. Your daughter is nine. Eight. Eight. Super smart. Way ahead of her, her age. Mm-hmm. How many more years does she have with Sam? One. One. Really? Maybe. You knew it. Was it close this year? Yeah. Yeah. See, she's a thinker, which I is going to serve her well in this life. And she just she's putting it together and she's like, this doesn't this doesn't add up, man, which 
magic at Christmas. If you do the math, it really doesn't. That's all. She's here's how this goes. Daddy. Yeah. Look at how many presents are here. Yeah. We're one house on one street. Yeah. Yeah. There's how big is the sleigh, man? It's magic. Yeah. Okay. 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 Geezer. Let me, tell you what's, let me tell you what's not magic. This story is full of holes. It's full of holes, man. And, and you know, there is a lot, but you just, I'm, I'm committed. I'm committed to Santa Claus is the magic of Christmas. And I am not going to be knocked off that story. Mm-hmm. I'll, I stick to it now. I told you this last week. I mean it. We're going to stick to that story. Um, but we're, how about you? Mm, one for sure. It's tough. It's tough because you, you get to the point where the oldest can be really good at selling the idea if they know it's not real. Well, that's going to be the key. She's going to need to be and, a great teammate. And, yeah. and she and I'm, she I will believe, be. She'll be the yes, best. She'll be a good teammate. But I just don't know when we're going to need to have that talk. Yeah. And the organization. Yeah. So understood. Understood. And just want to get on the same page. Uh, uh. It's kind of a tough one when you realize like how how many people are in on on the fraud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you really think you about really it, you start to peel it back. It's pretty <laughs> up if you think about it. So my answer: don't think about it. Just dive yeah. into the magic, and it was. Um, we well, we got some sports stuff to talk about. We got the playoff coming up Friday. NFL is getting down to it. I got a couple fantasy finals. No big deal. <laughs> but I feel like the bulk of what we talk about, if the bulk of what we talk about is Madden, it's fine by me. Huh. Because this dude, in a world where there is no such thing as a universal approval rating, outside of a few people on Twitter that, hey, you you wanted some attention, huh, buddy? Well, oh. you got it. Outside of that, it's it's amazing that this guy's approval rating is is what it is. I, I said to you, you know how all these guys in the league, everybody's worried about their Madden rating. Well, as a coach, as a broadcaster, and as a video game guy, Madden had 99s as his Madden rating mm-hmm. in all of them. He had all 99s. And it's I'm old enough to remember him as a coach a little bit, as a broadcaster for sure, and then the video game piece, uh, everybody is. And I, I, I've just, I, I've been really, um, I don't even know what the right word is. Like, I've just enjoyed remembering the way this man impacted people and the joy that he had in the process. Cause it was genuine. Cause if it was, if it's counterfeit, Steve, it, eventually you'd betray yourself mm-hmm. and you'd let you, you'd forget, you'd forget your lines. But if you're just being who you are, then you don't ever have to remember what, what you think. And I felt like you always got the genuine article with him. No doubt. Did you ever meet him? I, I, I'm, I, I've been going over that because his agent, who you see in the documentary, is a man named Sandy Montag, who I'm, I'm happy to say is mine. Mm-hmm. And I've been with him since basically since I've had an agent. Sandy's been my guy. And there's a loyalty with him and a friendship with him that is was that was evidence with John um, 
And I'm trying to remember if I did. And my guess, Steve, is if I had, I'd remember and I don't. Yeah. And so I, so I'm I'm trying to think like at a Super Bowl party, didn't we cross paths? Like, is there some place sometime? And I don't think I did. Uh, but if ever there was a guy who you didn't have to meet to know, oh, it was it was him. It 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 was. And you know, I grew up, you know, in the 90s, uh, where it really became a thing. Madden played it, obviously. And I was lucky enough, uh, my college roommate. His dad played for Madden, and I would just badger him with questions about John Madden whenever I had the chance. And the things that always came across was how much he loved his players, you know, and the idea. I mean, the, the, the idea and people I, I can't I can't I'm not old enough. I can't I, I don't know. I never saw a, a, a Steelers Raiders game. But I when, did. You, when you talk to those guys. And, you know, the Pittsburgh probably had more, you know, success from Bradshaw at the Super Bowls. But you want to talk about hatred and just I mean, you, it just comes out of the guy's voices. And just the idea that he, he always just talked about, he said, you know, Steelers and, and the Raiders is when they would go and, and play. It was like you got it. Madden just always wanted his teams to be ready. And he they he tried to block out everything. He tried to take the onus on everything. And he just wanted the guys to get that feeling of a win because he knew how much they put into it. And everything he I've ever heard about him describes him as the ultimate players coach. Now, players coaches nowadays, it's not the same. You know, uh, there's different things to to worry about and all that. But man, you talk about guys loving to play for a guy. It, it doesn't get any better whenever you talk to a person that played for him. Yep. And those, those Steeler Raider games were absolutely legendary. Uh, and it was a different time in so many ways. Uh, and watching the doc and shout to our guy, Tom Rinaldi was fingerprints are all over it. Uh, I watched it last night. He quit at 42. Just, it was eating him up. 42, he walked away, not knowing what he was going to be. And then, like you're talking about a guy who won a Super Bowl and was in the middle uh, of an incredible rivalry with a dynasty. Mm -hmm. Like they were the foil to the dynasty. They had the unfortunate, the misfortune, I should say, of being great when Pittsburgh was great. It's not unlike like David Duvall or somebody who... Mm. He was the number one player in the world. He won a major. He was same time as Tiger Woods. Kind of the wrong time to be a really good golfer. Um, but he, to, to, to leave the game at 42 and then find your way into, into this, uh, our business. And I was really struck by the sincerity of, uh, of Lawrence Taylor. He sat down and he told you, look, they asked me to do this. I'm like, he's like, I am not doing this. Oh, this. Oh, they, they want me to do something for I can work that out. This is for John Madden. I mean, he said straight up, I was pretty good. He made me better. Think about that. And if you're not, if you're not old enough to have seen 56 in blue, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. That guy was different, okay? Different than anything else you've seen. I mean, let's go after him like a pack of crazed dogs. That's what he did. And I, I rooted for a team that had to play him twice a year. Mm-hmm. 
And when he tells you that that's what Madden did, his presence made him more. When Phil Sims says to you, when we knew it was summer and Summerall and Madden, it was different. There's no one with respect, with all the respect to Michaels and Collinsworth and uh, and um, Nance and Romo and our guys and Buck and Aikman. There's just nothing like Summerall and Madden. And it's because it was a different era. And it's also because the like, think about the league, Steve. I was thinking, I was thinking about this and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I really feel like, and I said this in our meeting tonight, when the, when we talked about the big East basketball, that, that doc about the eighties, mm-hmm. my feeling was who you were, what you were, when you were that is, has a lot to do with how you're remembered. And it's why, if you remember the, the, the eighties with Carnesecca and Thompson and Bayheim and those and and Massimino and those great teams, those legendary players, like they became something. They came of age at the right time to be truly legendary. So did Madden and Summerall. They had a 14-year stretch where the, an NFC East team won the Super Bowl eight years. Washington three, Dallas three in a row, and the New York Giants two. So you had the biggest market in the country, another big Northeast market, and the biggest brand in football in Dallas. And then the other ones, oh, you just had San Francisco winning four. Yeah, the Chicago Bears in 85, 86, when they were just a a wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. So what do you have? West Coast, Bay Area, Midwest, Midwest footprint, Chicago, Dallas, biggest brand in the sport, two giant Northeast uh, rivals, three NFC East teams. It, It was... You couldn't have had bigger brands, bigger storylines, and all. And Madden and Summerall elevated all of it and became truly transcendent in the process in a way that I don't think anybody now is, but it's not their fault because I don't think anyone could be. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And like looking at it, you know, growing up, like I was, Favre was my guy and, and I wore four in high school because of Favre. I love the guy. And when Madden did his games, I could tell he had an appreciation. He always gave you something more and he had his all Madden team. And like he, it was just everything made sense and you agreed with it. And then like he would get on the telestrator and then like he would just make fun of himself. And it was perfect. Like only he did that and only he could do that. And it just, everything resonated and you liked everything of it. And that's like the approval rating. It's, it's just, it's incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible to me. There's no, what do we say? One of one? One of one. One of one is, is, is John Madden for sure. No doubt. And I happened to call Sandy, my agent yesterday on something unrelated. And, uh, and it, it, it was, it would hurt me. I mean, he was, he was crushed. You know, John was 85 years old. Um, and so 85 is a hell of a run, but this was an unexpected thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I just, I admire the friendship they had. And in a lot of ways, I think John made my, made Sandy a major player in this business. Mm-hmm. But I also know that Sandy made John a brand, like as Sandy said in the doc, like there were two pitchmen at the time. It was Jordan and Madden and he was in everything. And yes. he, and somehow, somehow it did the impossible because he managed to be selling you beer and steaks and and uh, athletes foot uh, medicine and be on your TV every Sunday. And you never hated him. 
Like, that's the oh. impossible part. Yeah, exactly. At some, at some point when you were omnipresent, people just say, hey, man, enough. OK, but there was an infectious joy to him. Um, and I, I just it was so much fun on a sad day to smile, remembering who he was. And it was who he was, when he was and what he was. And, 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 and I think back to him and Summerall and so many Washington. They were then the Redskins are not that now and giant games. And God, it just felt it felt bigger than life, man. It felt bigger than life. And, you know, we laugh about doing the Summerall bit with House of Buggin. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, see, that that's my guy, man. Right. Oh, murder. She wrote like in Madden takes you behind the screen with that, like how they kind of made it a joke for themselves that the longer somewhere all can wait and blah, blah, blah. So um, I don't know, man. Like, again, he had 99 ratings and Madden's Madden ratings were 99 uh, and everything. And um, you get to the end, man, we're all we're all going to get to the finish line. If you you get to the end and you're you're remembered as fondly and none of us will be. uh, But if you are, then you've run the race. And I, I don't know how. I don't know how you could live a bigger, uh, louder, uh, more impactful life. Uh, as as a lot of people were saying yesterday, that you could argue that no one had a bigger impact on football than John Madden. And you go, all right, hold on now. I mean, Lombardi, I mean, you could name some names now, but you want to talk about someone like the fact that Jordan's still a brand all these yeah. years after he quit, that tells you what Jordan's reach is. The fact that you just say Madden. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. That'll be forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's how you that's how you become you. Know, that's how you know you're a legend. You just your last name will be will mean something for ever and ever and ever. So uh, he was he was the best. All right, we pivot from the Madden conversation to the actual football, which I didn't know the man, but I'm sure he'd say, "All right, get on. Let's, let's just talk about the uh, you know." The, <laughs> In the playoff. <laughs> Who do you like? What would be? I asked Reese Davis this for Sports Center. We've done this too long to be shocked by anything. What would what would legitimately surprise you in these college football playoff games? If Cincinnati's defense holds Alabama's offense, um, I've been going back and forth. I started out thinking when it got announced, Cincinnati had a chance, and then going back and watching games. <clears throat> The thing that sticks out to me, I've said it all these shows I've been doing all week and my own pod and all that is the word strain and what the strain Alabama's offense puts on your defense is nothing Cincinnati has seen or can replicate. And what I mean is the idea of having to defend sideline to sideline and with the talent they have, with the scheme they have, and the ability to break it at any second with the talent they have, it's it just it's scary. And you go back and you look how easy they made it look. And against Georgia, yeah, the best defense in the country. Yeah, I mean, and, and and people forget that game is ten nothing Georgia. That place is rocking with red and black. And poof, one blown assignment. Jamison Williams is gone, and it's over. That that thing flipped. You knew it when you saw it, and you're like, "Oh, it's like it's a, it was like when Rocky hit Drago to me. Like, holy, <laughs> like it happened. You haven't seen it all year, and 
Nothing against Cincinnati. You're, they're going to line up. They're going to be played. They're just as good as them when they line up. How long does it take them to get comfortable? And what's it like when they start rotating guys in? Um, that That's where I think Alabama has the advantage. And the idea of that whole strain, and I talk about it, they have to do it for 60 minutes. And I just don't think they could do it. I talked to Reese about Norman Dale putting Ollie up on his teammates' shoulders and Hoosiers measuring the rim. You know, 10 feet, just like the one at Hickory. And I'm not saying Fickle and Cincinnati are Hickory, but I'm saying if you did some version of that, hey, look, 100-yard field, same as we played on. But then it's that team and those jerseys and that coach. And you've watched them on TV a whole lot more than they've watched you. And that has to resonate with your guys. Now it can be a motivating thing. No doubt. Because, you, because no doubt. you're like, Hey man, like we want all our games. We want to show them what we got. Right. It's not. A, and, and here's the, like the, the, what I, I push back on a lot of sayings, like a lot of tried and true sayings in sports. Oh, they've got nothing to lose. That's they have the exact same thing to lose mm-hmm. a game and a chance to play for a title. They get the same 60 on the clock, but I've told the story through the years. You mentioned it the other night. I was in the Orange Bowl when Bama beat the absolute breaks off of Notre Dame, and it's halftime, and they're ahead a lot to nothing. Was it 42 nothing? At halftime, I don't think it was that much, but whatever it was, it was really bad, and it's silence. Alabama's walking back to the locker room in silence, and all you hear are the cleats on the concrete. And finally, Barrett Jones, their center, he break. I've told the story a hundred times, but he breaks the silence and he yells, "They signed up for 60. <laughs> and that's all anyone said. And I remember being like, "Oh my God, these people are are animals. They are destroying Notre Dame, and all they can think about is we get to do this to them for thirty more minutes. That's how they're wired, and." You can't fake that, man. You can't pretend to be that. And I re- this is many years down the line. But guess what? Saban's won a bunch of titles since then, and they won one that night. So I don't know what the familiarity with being in these games will be worth, uh, but I have to believe it's something. Because Cincinnati will wonder what it feels like. Alabama knows right now. Right now, they know what it feels like, what it will feel like. Um Having said all that, and winners, I'm going to have Cincinnati. General principle. Give me the points. Go get them, Bearcats. Buy the 14 and a half. Buy it to, you're going to need to buy the 14. <laughs> and by the way, it might be 21 nothing, and you're going, you know, it's probably not enough. And we'll know, we'll probably know fairly quickly if, if we've got a chance to hang around or not. Um, the, score the, of that one, orange, the score of that title game was 28 nothing at halftime. And it felt like 100 to nothing. We, they signed up for 60. <laughs> mm. We're what and the in the immortal words of Marcellus Wallace, I ain't through with you by a damn sight. <laughs> we got 30 more for y'all. So tape them up and let's we'll see out there after the band plays. As for Georgia and Michigan, this is this one's really interesting to me. Because Michigan abandoned a lot of trying to be new and fancy. And they're like, let's 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 be a line of scrimmage football team. Both of them. Let's let's be that. That's 
And we talked about it after they beat Ohio State. Uh, they beat them the only way they could. The only way you could really exercise the demons by beating them. And they did. Uh, now you go up against a team that invites that, right? Kirby talked about they're violent. They move you off the ball. He, he really likes that because his guys are violent and they won't let you move them off the ball. So this is a really simple deal. Can Michigan make plays outside of that? Because they're going to have to. Um, I think I think Georgia getting their ass kicked was, and this is, this is the, what you hear a lot in college basketball, like Gonzaga's unbeaten. Is it better for them to lose? Well, I don't know. It's just better for them to be in a competitive game. But I think for Georgia, for Kirby to be able to hit the reset button after everyone kissed their ass all year, and you've got Georgia, Michigan commands your full attention, uh, That's that, that probably helps them. I My fear for them is if it comes down to their quarterback and he has to make plays for you to win the game, can he? Because that's that I don't know. Yeah, uh, to me, the biggest question in all of this, uh, I, any game, is I is what's Georgia going to look like? I have no idea how they're going to come out. I will say this, knowing what Kirby and all the time he spent under Nick Saban, he's going to have him plenty motivated. I think Michigan winning that Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country is great yeah. motivation for Georgia. And not listen, Michigan deserved it. Um, they they led. Um, I want to say they left led FBS in, in rushing, but uh, they deserve it. But you could bet that there's pictures of those Michigan guys with that trophy all over the Georgia facility. Um, I don't know what Georgia Georgia got to see Will Anderson, and now they get Hutchinson. What can they do to affect him? Can they slow him down at all? We have seen what he could do when he gets three runs at the quarterback, and it's not good if you allow him to do that. He's not the only. He, he's not the only defensive end Michigan has. By correct, the way. Yeah. correct. Um, but to me, the thing that worries me about Michigan is the only team and game they were able to throw the throw the ball consistently um, against was Michigan State, and that's the worst pass defense in America. This ain't that. So um, I expect both teams to play well. I bet I expect both teams to be very stubborn and trying to run the football and, and get that sense of physicality and see if you can, you could try and break the other's will because you got, you got a ton of physical guys um, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. It's a fascinating matchup. Um, I think Michigan covers. I think Georgia wins the game. I'm going to lay them. Cause I think, uh, I think everybody likes Michigan and sometimes That's, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just stubborn when it comes to that. Yeah. I, 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 that's the way I'm feeling right now. I do want to see if it all changes um, as far as line. If anything, I would imagine it goes, uh, if it goes down, I, I would definitely. Um, Might stay. change my mind if the SEC keeps losing every bowl game. Mm. I'm kidding, by the way. Like, yeah. It, it, every postseason, the, the arguing about it, like, look, a lot, some, people, some teams care, some teams don't. I root for a team that hadn't been hadn't won a bowl game in a decade, and so they went to New York and they scored half a hundred, and they were happy. And there were people saying, like people on Twitter, to me, like, "Oh, you know, you guys act like you've been there before." I'm like, "Guess shut what? Shut up!" Hey, hey, number yeah, number one, shut up. Number two, they haven't been here before. They're happy. They they had a seven minute drive at the end of the game where they ran at every play, and they want to score two, and someone did at the end. So, like, you want to be mad that they're happy? I don't give a. Okay, because I'm not. 
I'm happy they're happy. It's been forever since they've had a chance to celebrate a bowl win. And to them, it mattered. Look, Michigan, Virginia Tech didn't have their quarterback. They got a new coach, blah, 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 blah. Maryland was clearly invested in winning, and they did, and so it made them happy. There'll be there'll be teams that aren't that aren't as invested. You see teams with a ton of opt-outs. This is the this is where we are. I mean, Ohio yeah. State's got a bunch of guys opting out of the Rose Bowl. You know, like you, I've said it a million times. That was your last game, the Rose Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the idea that someone would opt out of the Rose Bowl is a very foreign concept at that time. It's a yeah. different time now. Yep. And, and and by the way, not for nothing, Ohio State, if they if they beat Michigan and they're in the playoff, no one's opting out. No. So these were guys that were hoping to play in a playoff. It didn't happen. The, the names we're talking about, it's Petit Frere, it's uh, it's Wilson, it's Olave, it's Haskell, the, Haskell, the, the defensive tackle and type. Like these guys are going to be pros. They gave Ohio State plenty. Uh, if it if it if that bums you out, then I think you're going to have to learn to live with the the, the era that we're in now because it's going to continue to happen. Um, I'll enjoy watching the Rose Bowl in particular just because it's the Rose Bowl. Um, but it is it, it this bowl season. I said this last podcast. It's weird. I feel more disconnected from who's playing who, when and where than I've ever been. Um, and I don't. I, I guess it has to do with how the portal and opt outs is just. It feels it feels like it matters less to people than it ever has before. But it mattered to the boys from College Park, and they got to sing the fight song. So let's go to Bentley's. Before we move on, a couple of things I'd like to mention. First, I encourage you to listen to our pal Steve on the Stand for Steve and the Bear podcast. Today was the penultimate episode of the college football season, which is a bummer because it means we're getting down to it. But it's also cool because the games are the most important. They gave out their final batch of bowl picks and preview the college football playoff semifinal. Listen to and follow Stand for Steve and the Bear wherever you get your podcasts. And watch NBA Today at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. Or you can listen to the show as a podcast. You mentioned uh, winners. Uh, can we give the people the rest of the winners? What's on the card this week? Uh, well, I mean, we generally like to make you watch the show for that. Yeah, we like to. Got to get the rating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. What TV do I have guy. on there? Uh, I'm giving out Purdue. Against Tennessee. Okay. Giving out uh Baylor. I'm giving out for that game. I'm giving out Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave uh, the two uh the two playoffs I already gave you, uh Cincinnati and Georgia. All and right. then I'm giving you the Washington football team in uh the NFL. It's six six games. Yeah, I see your face. They they looked as bad as the team could ever look in the history of football. So naturally I have them this week. <laughs> And that's definitely your favorite pick of the week. No doubt. You love it. Uh, well, it was until our uh, J-Mac, our producer slash researcher, told me. He said, do you know that the teams you gave out in college football, you know what your record is on them in history? I'm like, of course I don't. <laughs> I got this note from J-Mac. In winner's history, when you take the five college teams you're taking this week, your combined record. Choosing those teams is 22 and four. Whoa. Baylor is Baylor's seven and one. When I picked Baylor, I had them a bunch this year. They haven't let me down. Nope. Got them again. Got them again. So uh, we're, ooh, we're, we're, we're only 16 over 500 at this point. Only 16 over mm, only the percentage just real quickly for America before we pivot into some real quick, uh, 
what's that plus this is uh, uh, yeah, we're 57% for the year. We'll take it. <laughs> Old math for the people. Yep, no big deal. Are the Chiefs as good as, as they seem? No. I don't think so either. And I don't know why I feel that way. I, I th- I, you know what? I know why I feel that way because I like Buffalo. Ooh. I like Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. I thought he was awesome last week. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome against New England. And they beat him there earlier this year. And I know Kansas City's better now. I hope we see him play again because I think it'll be a hell of a football game. This isn't me saying that the Chiefs aren't good. They are. Correct. Really good. Really, really good. They weren't as bad as they were when people wanted to bury him. But it's just, it's wild how they've just kind of, well, they just keep winning. Other mm-hmm. teams have lost. And now I, I, I feel like in conversation, they become like a foregone conclusion. And I don't buy that. I think the Colts would be an interesting game against them. And I think the Bills would too. Uh, I think, what if, what if Henry comes back? You, I, how about like the Titans for like two months, they had, at the skill position players, they were trying to figure it out weekly. But if you, like A.J. Brown kind of makes a difference, as we saw last week. They threw to him like every third down. If you get if you get uh, Derrick Henry back, that's a t- that's a Titan team that's won some playoff games. Now they become a very very frightening possibility. And I don't even know like is is that I haven't heard anything on Henry. Is that even possible, or am I just talking on my ass? Um, I think if he comes back, there's no way he could be a hundred percent. But there's definitely a, a possibility for sure. Who's a threat? to Green Bay and the NFC? I think Dallas is legit. I love the defense. That defense is going to travel. Um, Dak on the road, man. I don't know about that guy. I don't know. I take my shot. I, uh, I, 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 I don't care about the injuries. I don't care what how many guys they're going to have out. I'm, I'm never going to doubt freaking Tampa Bay. I don't, I'm not doing it. I almost did it last year and I was really happy. I did it. Um, Cause it turned out to be pretty profitable, but I don't care. I don't care as long as he's taking snaps. I don't care if he has me running routes for him. He has a shot at green Bay declining athleticism. That was the, <laughs> that was the scouting report on you. The Godwin injury, Tim Hasselbeck really pointed out. Yep. And I, I thought it was interesting. It's not just the passing game. Uh, they use him as lead blockers. Uh, he's he's a he's such a, an impactful player for that team. Uh, as is Fournette, you see the impact that Antonio Brown can have when he gets back out on the field, uh, as he did last week in the win. But it's just it's a diff- he's a different sort of uh, receiver than uh, than Godwin is. I understand. I'm not saying you'd be wrong to doubt Tampa Bay. It's just. Green Bay still got a bunch of guys that they don't, they're not even in full strength. Bakhtiari, they still don't even have him back among others. I mean, they got a bunch of, no, I know they got like three or four high impact players that they can add to the team that prohibitive. That's not the word I'd use because I, I agree with you on Dallas. I just like I, the DAC that played here in Washington two weeks ago. And then the DAC that played mm-hmm. the game against um, Washington in their place just it's just wild how different it's just wild how different he looks home in the road um and I, I, ryan clark made that point that if they're if they're at home they're scary you hate anything um no no wow. you, 
I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't want, I want, I don't want to be negative. Okay, I do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we close 2021, one last time, Stanford Steve hates this. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. I hate that I got to wake up on every year on my birthday and watch a stupid seven and five Big Ten team play in a bowl game against an eight and four SEC team. Can we please, if we got this alliance, can we change the bowl responsibilities? It's like an SEC Big Ten challenge New Year's Day. There's other conferences out there. There's other teams that can play in these games. Can we change it all, please? Sorry, Big Ten, Scotty. I mean, it's your birthday and all. I don't want to. I don't want to be the one over here. Well, causing it gets me mad every freaking birthday. You don't. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to. What else am I going to do? I don't know. Get think about how you want to make the world a better place. Think about how you want to make Steve a better guy in in 2022. How can I? How can I be a, a, a beacon of light and an agent of change and positivity? Or, hey, where's the clicker? <laughs> oh, I got to watch friggin' Michigan State play against Tennessee. That's not the real game. It's Michigan State's pit. Who's the, who's the game Penn you're going to be bad? Penn State, Arkansas. Uh, Penn State had like five opt-outs on defense. Yeah. So that's going to make Give me somebody good. else. Give me, give me another matchup. Like, what give me would make more you, games on New Year's Day. Okay, but give me a matchup that would make you happy at at when you wake up on your birthday. Like, oh, hey, I'm a year older. Boy, I'm sure excited because I get to watch this team play that team. How about the second place team in the Pac-12 doesn't play in the Alamo Bowl? How about it plays on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? How about that? They are a Power Five conference. Let's Is talk that about that. Let's talk about that. Jesus. Uh, Second place goes to the Alamo Bowl. Come on. Hey, get to play fire up chips. Huh? Oh, that's a Sun Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That that's our other great bowl matchup. We get you to play, we get to go to freaking El Paso. Thanks. Uh, nah, no, wait. I know a youngster from Ansonia that had a pretty good time out in El Paso. And I'll leave it there. I don't need <laughs> to go back there. <laughs> Oh, all righty. Uh, uh, no offense right, so, to people in El Paso. Yeah, I was going to say. Great in review, hospitality. In review, uh, Pac-12, get your act together. We Steve would like a better bowl alliance. Please. Sort that out. Give me an uh, American team. Let me see Holgerson on New Year's Day. How about, about Holgie? Win? Holgie was back at the crib with his dad Birmingham trophy late. That got weird. <laughs> After hours at Holgie's last night. With a Birmingham Bowl, the trophy is that Vulcan guy with his ass hanging out. No joke. What are we doing? No. All right. Oh, all right. I feel like uh, I feel like we've done the damage we can for this week. Um, I hope everybody's okay out there. Everybody and their mothers got the virus that I know. The good news is nobody's sick. I mean, and if they are, it's a brief thing, and you know they're back at it. But let's. Uh, Let's just stay safe. Let's uh, have a 
let's be positive in 2022, Steve. Let's wake up with a smile on our face. Let's uh, do it. How about that? Sounds uh, good. All right. That's that's what we're that's our our vow to you that will break immediately in the next podcast is to be uh to be to be beacons of light and positive agents of positive change in 2022. <laughs> all right, y'all be safe. We'll see you on the other side.